Well, in this week's Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending June the 5th, the number of avian influenza cases in the U.S. has begun to decline as U.S. Chief Veterinary Officer Dr. John Clifford says the summer heat is helping. We know that this virus doesn't like uh, heat, uh, so when it gets up to a certain level of temperature, this virus doesn't survive easily. Uh, where it does like the cooler temperatures. While Dr. Clifford believes the worst is in the past, it doesn't mean there won't be additional cases. But Dr. David Swain with USDA's ARS Southeast Poultry Lab in Athens, Georgia, says the sunlight really reduces any virus present in the environment. As we get into the summertime, we also have a lot more sunshine. And with the sunshine comes ultraviolet light, and ultraviolet light will kill influenza virus. So any virus that might be on dust, uh, that's in the air, that ultraviolet light is a, a very important uh, way to kill that virus or on uh, individual surfaces. So it's, it's kind of hard to just predict a particular date and say, oh, beyond this point, um, you know, we'll have a drop-off in cases because the virus is not surviving in the environment. It's pretty complex. It involves the, the climate, the temperature itself, uh, the amount of humidity is there. So is it dry? If we get into the you know, drier part of the spring and the part of the summer, uh, dryness also helps reduce the life of the virus in the environment, uh, as well as the increase in, in temperature and the amount of ultraviolet light that can fall upon surfaces and in the dust particles in the air. In other news, Canada and Mexico yet this month will be asking the World Trade Organization panel to allow tariffs on some U.S. exports in retaliation for country of origin labeling. Rod Bain has that story. Canada and Mexico Thursday announced they will soon present their case to the World Trade Organization for implementing retaliatory trade tariffs on some U.S. exports. Both countries were granted that ability to request last month when the WTO upheld for the final time previous rulings against U.S. country of origin labeling on meat products. As Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack noted last month after the WTO announcement, Congress has got to fix this problem. They either have to repeal cool or they have to modify it and amend it to create some sort of generic label. It's up to Congress to figure out what to do. And Congress is considering its options, including a House Ag Committee vote last month on a bill to repeal cool. The vote is 38 ayes to 6 nays. Canada and Mexico will make the retaliation request before a WTO dispute settlement body on June 17th, asking for authorization to impose annual tariffs of over $3 billion on selected U.S. exports. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Thanks, Rod. And we also had a story this week concerning a proposal to limit the number of entities on farming operations. But as Tyron Spearman reports, there are some opposing this. The Southern Peanut Farmers Federation and the Western Peanut Growers Association has joined with the American Farm Bureau and others in opposition to limiting the number of entities on a farming operation. FSA and USDA have come out with some new guidelines. The conclusion of the letter to USDA said that we concur with the exemptions of this regulation for family operations and would recommend some consideration for eligible operations that subsequently become nonlinear. While we can support additional clarification on the management requirements for non-family organizations as recommended by Congress and outlined in the proposal, the grower said we oppose any limit on the number of persons who can qualify under the management requirement. We also oppose the requirement for management record-keeping logs and minimum hours or percentages of management activities. We also oppose the application of one entity management qualification per person. The implementation of this regulation, as written, would lead to expensive, burdensome, and unnecessary reorganization by commercial operations and impact the long-term viability of farming operations. 
It would also place excessive and unnecessary record-keeping requirements on persons responsible for the profitable operation of the farms. We believe this is not the intent of Congress. An addendum was added to the letter showing how operations would be impacted by limiting a farm to no more than three managers. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Kathy Isom tells us about a new program that could make it easier for us to fill up our vehicles with more renewable fuels. At the same time, the EPA in Washington was announcing its proposed renewable fuels mandates. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack was announcing a new biofuel support program. Vilsack calls it the Biofuels Infrastructure Partnership, in which USDA will invest up to $100 million to be matched by states and other groups. The program is aimed at making it easier for the 17 million Americans driving flex-fuel vehicles to buy fuels blended with more than 10% ethanol, such as E15 or E85. The money would be used to help gas stations. To either install new or retrofit uh, their existing pumping systems, uh, making it more uh, likely and more capable for the higher blends to be available. Which would lead to? Somewhere in the neighborhood of nearly 10,000 tanks uh, and blending systems being improved or installed. Vilsack says this is a competitive grant program. States will be invited later this month to come up with proposals for money that could start going out this fall. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talks about how regulations on drones may delay development. Not so long ago, it looked like drones would be the next major advancement in the world of technology. There appeared to be a place in every industry that anxiously awaited the Federal Aviation Administration's rules and regulations for owning and operating a drone. Agriculture was among the most anxious of these industries. FFA is finally setting up regulations that will control drones. Maybe too much for some individuals. Scary incidents and bad publicity may have contributed to setting the rules, but they're numerous and they're tough. They may discourage some small farmers altogether. Altitude limits, speed limits, knowing weather conditions, restricted space areas, population density, and on and on and on. And then there's the cost. Drones and meeting requirements won't come cheap. And so it may take a while for them to really catch on. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.